Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're speaking with Joel Kahn. Joel, uh, otherwise known as America's Healthy Heart Doc, is a graduate of the University of Michigan School of Medicine. He's a clinical professor uh, of medicine at Wayne State University School of Medicine, a frequent lecturer and author on topics of vegan nutrition, health uh, heart disease reversal and has written several books about alternative nutrition and heart health. He's been a guest uh, and health commentator in many TV shows, podcasts, magazines, uh, and practices at the Khan Center for Cardiac Longevity, his very own practice in Michigan. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you so much. Excited to share with your audience. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to kind of give our audience some background on you and, and how you got into the space because you've kind of gone down a different role than what yeah. maybe standard medicine and things uh, teaches. Yeah. Unfortunately, not because of any time in the, in the slammer or any problems with my license. It was a you know, somewhat thoughtful, but very serpiginous course. But I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm talking to you now from a suburb of Detroit, Michigan, attended the university in Ann Arbor, Michigan, graduated top of my class medical school. But I knew from about age 12, I wanted to be a heart doc. Moved to Dallas, moved to Kansas City, came out of training with the best skills and particularly treating heart attacks with angioplasty and stent. You have some wonderfully famous people from Australia, New Zealand in that field. In fact, my mentor in Kansas City was from Australia. So all good people. Actually, I just lied. He's from New Zealand. Now that I think about it. But good people. When I visit, I'll be able to tell the difference between the two. I know they're very different countries. But yeah. 1990, way before you were born, I imagine, or at least around that time, I joined you know, back in Detroit, Michigan, big practice. And I was the guy running day, night, treating sick people, coronary care unit, cardiac cath lab, heart attacks. But I was, even back then, very interested in the other part, the untalked about part of health, which is prevention, nutrition, lifestyle, sleep, stress, nutraceutical supplements, the whole thing, much more like perhaps a naturopath and chiropractic. So I was always reading on my own, incorporating little tidbits. I've been using coenzyme Q10 on people for 30 years. None of my colleagues were. And that all percolated along. I was a very happy guy. I got a chance to move down to the university you mentioned and develop a preventive cardiology program. But I knew that there was something else and I really had an energy for something else. I mean, I was doing wonderful things every day. It was the same thing every day with wonderful people. But I went back to university in 2012, took a whole year doing a university-based course in integrative cardiology, natural cardiology. I pretty much had the nutrition thing down pat. I've been studying that for decades. But I didn't know all the nutraceuticals and the biochemistry and the testing and the uh, epigenetics and the proteomics, and we can use all the fancy words. I graduated that course. I stayed in traditional practice, but I ultimately, with some thought, took a big breath five years ago and said, you know what? I've done enough cath lab emergencies. I've done enough running to three hospitals on the weekend, although, you know, great practice. I want to focus on prevention. And I looked around the country. I could barely find in the United States a preventive cardiology practice that was not attuned to only prescription drugs. There are plenty Mm -hmm. of preventive cardiology practices that more prescription, more prescription. I wanted to talk about more health, more lifestyle, disease reversal. I gleaned from various people what I could, kind of created a model. I left the insurance system. You want to have a sleepless night as a physician who's always had a whole room full of billers and Medicare and Blue Cross, as we call it in the United States and others, and tell people in a city of Detroit that is not Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, but a 
a reasonably you know uh, prosperous busy city with the auto industry but you know, i don't take insurance anymore i can't even take your insurance because i'm out of the system mm. i launched it all exactly five years ago and yes there's always challenges my peers thought that maybe i did have alcohol problems drug problems like <laughs> why is he doing all this they didn't understand but it has been the best decision i don't think it would have been as meaningful if i didn't pay the price all those years of doing traditional medicine and I'm respected because I know what a heart catheterization, angioplasty, bypass, stent mm. medications are. And I use them when needed. But um, I very much dedicate myself as an upstream cardiologist. Now, I'm, I'm the salmon trying to go upstream. Everybody else is going the other direction. But mm. there's a lot of people out there, and you know it, I'm sure, from your own practice, that are looking for a different path. They're just tired. Yeah. They feel tired. Too many drugs too many 10-minute appointments with their doctor. They can't even see their doctor now. It's a good nurse or a physician assistant. So I provide an alternative of time, education, a different approach. And it's so gratifying. I mean, that I'm 61 years old. I don't know what the word retire is because I love what I do, mm. you know, day after day after day. So it sounds like you, you kind of found a calling with it and you wanted to go down a different route and you kind of really leaned into your zone of genius. I think that a lot of health professionals get stuck in, you know, I'd like to do some things, but I feel like this is the only way of doing it. So what kind of helped you take that jump? Was it always something that was inevitably going to happen or did it feel like at some stage, like I had to make a jump to do this, this new thing? Yeah, you know, always had inside me a little bit of, you know, a contrarian attitude, a questioner, you know, why are we doing it that way? Um, and, you know, what's the tradition that we did? So I, it was kind of built in that I was okay being a little outside the circle, a little different than the rest. It's not really relevant, but at age 18, I adopted a fully vegan diet, plant-based diet. Mm. And that grills you <laughs> when you're talking the 1980s, 1990s at medical conferences, let alone weddings and all other celebrations. And you just got to declare that you're just on a little different path. I mean, you get spears thrown at you and T-bones thrown at you and, you know, barbecue ribs thrown at you and all kinds of question marks. But that kind of prepared me for, you know, because my colleagues were eating, frankly, you know, horrendous food day after day after day. And it certainly wasn't my place to tell them what to do. But they weren't any different than the standard public. So, you know, it, it wasn't to slow down or make more or less money. I mean, there is a joy after 30 years of running to the hospital to own my own practice. It's a small practice, but I am I'm completely in charge, although I'm very dependent on two absolutely wonderful employees that I have with me to make my life tremendous. They're not physicians, they're a nurse and a vascular tech for an office person. But to just kind of that dream of controlling your fate in the United States, it's becoming less and less common that doctors control their fate. Uh, chiropractors maybe a little bit more, naturopaths a little bit more, but most MDs and osteopathic doctors, the majority are actually now working for either large groups. They've just given up you know, to a corporate psychology, working for hospital systems, working for insurance companies. Mm. And all that can be a joy, but you can also be fired in a second and mm. you don't have you know, real input. You know? I decide what color the paint on the wall is, and I decide mm -hmm. if it's one ply or two ply toilet paper. I mean, they're not real big. All kinds of decisions. So, you know, if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you can create a niche, because it's getting hard in the medical world, it's big business, it's big corporation, but, and I know there's a need. I mean, in the United States, there's maybe three of us doing what I'm doing. So I get people coming in all over the place or now. It's usually Zoom from all over the place. I have many 
patients in Australia and New Zealand, actually. That 14-hour time change, we always got to figure out when we're doing our Zoom call. But um, if it's not 14 and a half hours sometimes, I always wonder where do we get the half an hour built in. But, you know, if you're willing, there's risk. And I will say I didn't plan to do this when I was 56 years old. It was the right time. And I also had some financial reserves. I wasn't ready if this would have just bombed, if nobody would have shown up in my office day after day after day. I would have been in a, a rather tight pickle, as we say. But fortunately, I really embrace social media, blogging. I've written a number of books on executive health, on cardiology, health, and nutrition. Not necessarily going to win the Pulitzer Prize, but nonetheless, a way to kind of separate mm. myself from the pack. And always looking for that, like, I am very strict. It's got to have science. I mean, I will not do woo. I may talk about meditation, yoga, you know, uh, supplements no. like ashwagandha. I mean, but I know the science, but I, you know, um, I'm okay walking barefoot in the grass for grounding and earthing if you want to do that. It certainly can't harm you if you don't step on dog poop. It might actually lower your inflammation, but pretty much it's pretty strictly science-based. But, you know, there's just a lot to offer people. The medical model, in fact, I had this conversation today with a patient in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, you know, seeing the top cholesterol expert in Nashville that labels themselves as a preventive natural doc, but it's prescription after prescription after prescription. Yeah. And it's a 54-year-old guy and eat prescription drugs. He hates it and has no sexual drive anymore. He's depressed. You know, I got to, you know, I love the ability to very carefully because you have to both follow some guidelines to avoid complete uh, shutdown by your peers or even the state board. And also just to make sure the patient's health is in fact. But it's it's good. It's fun to be radical. It's fun to be out of the box. But I do it, you know, as I say, in a careful way to both protect myself and protect more importantly the patient's health. Yeah, I think that a lot of us we we've got these ideas in our head and we're strong in our own heads and maybe the small, you know, few people we talk to. And then when we actually want to go out and impact people with the stuff that we know that we can, but it's maybe right. breaking the status quo. It we we worry about this pressure. And I get it a lot. Certain industries, psychology is an example, where people they they don't want to stick their head up because there's a way of doing things. And I'm always right. pushing people to to focus on doing, you know, good medicine, good science, etc. But focusing on how can you focus on helping people rather than just sticking to what you think you need to do because you're worried about what everyone else is going to say. Yeah. Obviously, There's you've a, come up against a lot of flack with that, but how do yeah, you, you... You have. You, you, you know, absolutely. You know, my diet separated me from a lot of my peers. I never got attacked, but, you know, there was a little flack um, mm. along the way, you know, why are you the difficult one? There's a piece of chicken, just eat it. And uh, nobody listening has to change their diet. For me, of course, the idea of plant-based diets has exploded, uh, you know, all over the world with movies like the Game Changers movie. But anyway, but in the medical world, absolutely. I uh, just coincidentally, you're asking, I used to be on staff at another hospital. I'm on staff at one in Detroit, a big one, but another one about uh, 10 miles away. And I dropped that off about three years ago. There was no reason to pay the annual fees. I wasn't going. And some of my ex-partners practiced there. So yesterday I went out for a quick glass of wine with a cardiologist I know who's also interested in preventive natural cardiology. He hasn't left the insurance model. We were just chatting and he told me, oh my God, all your former partners, they talk so poorly about you. And he goes, I know why, it's jealousy. You know, you're not taking call. You've got your own practice. You're on TV all over the world all the time. You're writing books. You seem to be having a fun time every day on social mm -hmm. media and they're in a rut. And the only way you can push back on a rut if you're depressed is you lash out. And, you know, so, you know, 
Uh, somebody told me very recently with wisdom, you know, it's better to have four quarters than 100 pennies. That's United States money, four quarters being 25 cents, meaning four really good, solid friends versus 100 acquaintances, mm -hmm. as the example. You'll lose some of your pennies or some of your, you know, fringe, you know, professional friends if you take a different path. They're threatened. They don't understand. Maybe there's a financial. When I left one of my practices, the partner's income probably went down for a little while. I was a big producer. There's all that. And, mm. uh, you know, grown-up, mature people shouldn't engage in, you know, uh, language that uh, suggests there's, you know, some something wrong or some uh, malpractice or whatever it is. It's just, it's, you know, human nature is jealousy, but you better be prepared for it. You can end up very happy in your practice, but relatively lonely in the community. And you, know, you can avoid it a little bit. Now social media allows you to connect with peers that you might not otherwise even know existed, you know, and it's a pretty superficial relationship, but it's a relationship. I mean, there's, groups on integrative medicine and functional medicine and naturopathic medicine that are out there that at least, you know, you got some commonality within mm -hmm. conferences when we were going to physical conferences, hopefully soon. So you got to find that or just be very strong that it doesn't really matter. But there is something about being that Don Quixote after the windmill and, oh, you're doing the right thing, even if other people don't get it. So, you know, can't compromise that feeling if you know it's good and it's right. And well, it's right, you, you pick one, right? Like either you, you go after what you want and, and you push the boundaries and you start to experience discomfort from push back of others right. for whatever right. reasons, or you experience the discomfort of, of swallowing uh, your dreams and your passion right. and That's doing what everyone else does. Yeah. And, and it's like yeah. both are hard. You've got to pick your hard. And, and I think that the best one to pick is the one that is creating that fulfillment for you and that, and that purpose and that impact. But just remembering yeah. that we can empathize for our, our haters as, as they say, right. There's, there's always going to be that. And you know that you're doing something right when you're creating elements of polarization. If you are not polarizing to some degree, then you're right. vanilla. no one likes yeah. vanilla. Um, you have yeah, a there's, there's, you know, yeah, there's some quote out there. If you know, you don't have enemies, you're just not doing enough. I'm not sure I got that mm -hmm. right. You know, I don't know why when I was 15 years old in a bedroom, I had, I had a quote from, I think it's Henry David Thoreau, that most men lead lives of quiet desperation. And it's a very sad comment. I think it's a very well-known, and I think I did uh, uh, recite it properly. I haven't thought about it for a while. But I can tell you from, you know, and you know it as a healthcare practitioner, the privilege to talk to people about their lives. I was on the phone today with a very prominent physician on the East Coast of the United States. He's absolutely trapped. He works six days a week, 12 hours a day, comes home tired, barely time to work out, grabs too much alcohol, you know, big house, big cars, big kids and big colleges. And there's a statement, everybody's broke at a different level. And I hope he mm -hmm. has good research. But you could just see, I mean, that's a man with quiet desperation and the ability to take risk. And it may fall flat on your face. I mean, there's uh, no guarantee it's going to work. But to break out of the pack and, and avoid that rut is... If it works for you, it's you know the best thing in life. Which you know, every day I go to work, it's like you know it's a tiny little office, but it's got my name on the door. It's working. I got a patient list, and I pay my bills, and it's you know just joy. So yeah, you know mm -hmm. risk and reward, risk and reward. It's always the case. The easiest thing to do is to to stay the same, uh, yep. and the hardest thing is to change. And that's why most people stay the same, but they never really achieve the the happiness that they want or could have, uh, having 
because they're not going after those sorts of things. And so I always say to people, especially if you're even a little bit ambitious and you're wanting to change things or do it differently, is just begin, just start uh, and have it as a side hustle or whatever for a while. You're starting, you know, your social media, you're building a group, you're building an Instagram following, whatever it is, but you're just sharing your value. And over time, it starts to collect people and then it starts to innately grow. Did you find that for yourself, it was something similar where you were just beginning to share more and more of it and then you started to, uh, you know, develop a following or was it you kind of just made the jump? No, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to start this and I'm going to go all in. How was it? Well, you? in the social media world and the lecture world, it was the gradual progression. I mean, my first Facebook post and my first Instagram post, and I can remember having 32 Facebook followers. I didn't know, you know, it was about a decade ago. You know, I'm not technologically perfect, nor am I completely a blunderer. You know, so that's been steady growth. And I do it all myself. I could do better if I had somebody really both counseling me and maybe taking some of it over. And that has an impact. That's, you know, I get patience because I post on LinkedIn and I post on you know, all the other outlets. Um, I'm pretty careful. You know, I have agendas when I post about preventive cardiology and the advanced stuff that we do without being obnoxiously self-promoting, but mm. we do some pretty neat stuff in my clinic and it's something that I can you know, arrange for people all over the world. The practice was a sharp chop from a steady salary to I'm now paying overhead and I've got employees and I'm paying for printers mm. and telephones. But it wasn't without a plan. And you know, nobody can plan perfect. I didn't have outside help. But it was that base. Make sure I had lots of exposure to lots of people. You know, I reach way over 100,000 people every day on social media, some days way more. I had a lot of TV exposure in Detroit. I had written books and blah. And I had a very large, loyal patient following. But the day you tell them your insurance doesn't work anymore is the day, you know, 80% plus don't follow you. But anyways, I had, you know, and I'm a hustler. I'll tell you another story real quick, and it will relate to some people. I spent the first two and a half years in my practice, 1990 to 1993, in a city some people know of, Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's where University of Michigan is, a great football team. And I was in a big group. I didn't have to do anything. There was always patients, the emergency room. In 1993, I wanted to come back 45 minutes uh, away to the city of Detroit suburbs. I joined two guys. I was the third one. They were pretty darn busy. In fact, they hired me because they were very, very busy. But I didn't like it. I had two people on the schedule. They had 20. You know, I was seeing three people in the hospital. They had 15. That's not my style. And I literally, and I say this, I've rarely, I don't think I've ever told this story in a podcast. I got out the directory of the hospital, hundreds of offices. Now, I picked out primary care, internal medicine, and I literally had cards and a curriculum vitae, CV. I would knock on the door like a pharmaceutical rep. I am Dr. Khan. I'm new to the area. I'd like to meet Dr. You know, Gold or Smith or Brown. Um, and sometimes I'd wait an hour, and sometimes I couldn't, and sometimes go right back and see him. I tell you, in three months... I, it was a very humbling thing to do. But in three months, I had referral bases. I was starting to see way more people. And, you know, once in a while, I'd go back, particularly, you know, out of 100 docs I called, and maybe 10 started to refer to me. That's enough to fill a practice if they're busy, primary care mm. docs. And it was, you know, it was a real lesson. I mean, it was like being, you know, in, in the States, we have knife salesmen and some, you know, classic kind of old uh, Og Mandino and uh, Zig Ziglar stories. But, you know, and if you break away even at age 55 to 60, I mean, I, 
go to all kinds of events solely to have cards in my pocket, to be social, and to yeah. work the room. I mean, I would work a room. Who do I need to talk to in the next 30 minutes? Yeah. I didn't want to waste the whole night. So, you know, if you're not willing to do that, you might just want to take the salary and make the best of it. But if you're going to build your own business, you better be, you better be, you know, pounding the pavement a little harder than everybody else. Definitely. The, the, the key characteristic between my most successful clients and the ones that struggle is their willingness to put in the effort to get the result uh, because yeah. that's what business is. You know I mean? You get it. Otherwise you just get a job. Like you said, let me ask you, obviously you're working with people internationally out of state, et cetera. How does that work for you uh, in regards to uh, licensing and, and laws and governing bodies and all this kind of thing? Because a lot of yeah. clients, they struggle with that. They say, well, James, you know, I'd love to do that, but X, Y, and Z. And my advice has yeah. always been focus on how can you provide value through coaching rather than the consulting medicine and then you're able yeah, to expand? Right. What, what do you and, do? And I'm in the States, I happen to have licenses in the majority of the States, the United States. If I were a dietitian with a website taking cash, I could talk to people about food in any state in the United States. The medical boards are different and you run some risk managing patients if it's anything more than just lifestyle and nutrition by being operating in state. So I've expanded the number of licenses I have. It turned out it wasn't that challenging. It just turns out if you're licensed in the state of Michigan, you can add on a whole lot of other licenses. Internationally, I, I'm really a coach, I agree. It may be a very specific coach, but I can't order anything. These are the exact words you wanna ask your doctor. These are the exact blood tests you wanna ask your doctor for. 100%. These are the variety of you know cardiac studies you could get. And I coach them. I mean. And that's the best I can do. And it's actually for many people. And you know it. You know the communication skills between a healthcare person and a patient can vary from excellent to abysmal. And very often they've had all kinds of testing and procedures. They don't have any idea what it's really about. And did anybody ever explain to you what this test showed or this test showed? And then I can you know make recommendations that you've got anxiety. Here's some natural product called saffron may help you. You've got your poor sleep. Here's what magnesium can do, and they can find it locally. I mean, these are such low risk kind of situations. But there's a little caution, and if you're really going to go bold and big, of course, with COVID, telehealth has become much more common and accepted. But there's still are rules about it, and you probably should get a mm. healthcare opinion from somebody expert in the field. Mm, yeah, I take the same approach. Uh, and, and I think about it in terms of in business, when there's obstacles, you create leverage to get over them, around them or through them. Uh, and in terms of, you know, doing the, the coaching versus the consulting, as long as it's very clear that this is not management and medical things, and you obviously get your, your legal advice, etc. Focusing on how you can provide value to people in contexts where they can then go and seek it from their appropriate health professional or order the tests externally allows you to create a lot more leverage because it's insider knowledge that people need. It's not content. They can YouTube stuff. They need you right. to be able to help. And sometimes it's not even like they can have the knowledge. They can be hearing it from their doctor. But when you say it to them in a certain way, when you explain it in a certain way, when you connect yeah. with them in a certain way, it helps them to actually implement it and get a result. And so I'm a huge fan of, of that kind of model. Uh, definitely. So let me ask you um, one last question. What's, what's something that, that health professionals who are kind of in the state of, you know, I've got something amazing to give, but I'm, I'm stuck in what I'm doing. What's some advice you would give to them to be able to break out of that, not worry about the intraprofessional pressure and, and go after what they want? You know, I mean, there's, there's all that we talked about. There's financial considerations. There's psychological considerations. I consider excellent training. If you're going to break away from the pack, 
you are exposed and you need to have the best training you can, whether it's certifications, whether it's experience, whether it's patient uh, reviews that are highly positive. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think most green practitioners in a health practice are ready to do this unless they're just exceptional people. So, um, you know, you, you will be shot at and you want to, you know, have the credentials to do it. It's helped me a lot to have brought with me some pretty superior credentials all the years. Beyond that, I mean, it's always good to have a community. And there are some, your podcast is an online community, which can help people. They are actually, I call them kind of like mindshare groups of healthcare mm-hmm. professionals. And sometimes you have to ante up. About six, seven years ago, I was spending some money going to groups where there are hundreds of people in the room and they could be naturopaths, chiropractors, osteopaths, doctors, herbalists. I mean, but everybody was striving to build a business in the healthcare world. A lot of discussion back and forth. And I would gravitate to more of the medical people um, that had clinics, but you know, it can save you a lot of time, effort, and probably money to at least either you know look at and pattern yourself after, or be able to actually access as a mentor somebody to you know talk to you about it. I have people reach out to me all the time. Either they're medical students, residents. I don't want to go down the traditional path, and I give them some counsel. It's usually you got to go down the traditional path. And when you've got all that done, we can talk again. But uh, sometimes they're people out in practice, you know, how do I break away? It helps to have somebody mentor you. Yeah. Everyone who are bringing the show like yourself, who are, who are having uh, success in different areas and are doing amazing things. Everyone says, get a mentor. I think it's the most it powerful helps. piece of advice. There's yep. no point reinventing the wheel. It's sometimes great to have outside input to, to build your confidence in what you're doing to implement. Because when you're doing something new, you don't know, but if you're following the footsteps of someone else who's already done it, then you can borrow their certainty as well and, and things. So it's great advice. Um, where can our audience connect with you online? So nice to you. I do have a central website. My name is Dr. Joel Kahn and it's D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N.com. And it links to my clinic, links to my books, links to actually own a restaurant in Detroit. If you visit, it's a long way. It's too far for us to deliver to you. But if you come to Detroit, uh, there's some other fun things that are connected there. But drjoelcon.com. I'll just, you could probably see my name down there, Joel Kahn, so you know the spelling. Yeah, that'll this be in the show little, This is a little book. This is the book with the funniest title, Dead Execs Don't Get Bonuses. But it's a strategy. You don't have to be an exec. How to have your heart checked. It's really the questions to ask your doctor. Can I get this amazing blood work, this list of tests? And it's really helped a lot of people internationally, uh, you know, kind of avoid uh, the big one, the big heart attack that all of us need to have a little concern over. But most of us won't have it. So I just try and separate the healthy from those at risk. But anyways, Mm -hmm. thank you for that. We'll definitely put that in the show notes and the same with a link to to your book and resources. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Great chat. Really appreciate you. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention. Because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. 
And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.